right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Buck, and I'm my co-worker, Jordan Bianchi. We are writers for The Athletic, and uh, we've got... We've got <laughs> We've got a lot to talk about on this one, Jordan. This is going to take start. a while. I don't even know where to start. Like, uh, first of all, like the weather was the goofiest Florida weather I've ever seen. They went from like hurricane almost like weather, like it's just going to keep raining and raining and raining. Isn't that like normal Florida weather? Well, then the sun rolled in and it's all like, where where did this all come from? And then are we this? Then it's, it was raining and it was sunny at one point and I, yeah. I, My gosh, I don't even know. Like I'm with you. This is there's so much to dig into on this. Uh, let's just. It, we were talking how how do we start this? Let's just go in chronological. Yeah, I mean, this basically. race was supposed to be Saturday night too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, well, yeah. So we we've got the old 10 a.m. Firecracker 400 start time, and uh, you know, for a while there, it's looking good. You know, like oh, maybe they're gonna. It was like okay, maybe they're not gonna get this in. Oh, oh, they're racing. So it's a start, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. And then it was like, like the, just get to halfway, right? And just then they they got there. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, now the race is really on. But then they kept racing. And then they and raced a little bit longer. And then with like. And what? the racing, I mean, up the, the franticness, the frantic nature of that was really good. I mean, I, I thought the racing was very exciting. The race uh, was excellent. I mean, it was yeah. very competitive. You guys could make moves. It wasn't like guys had just ride single file. Especially as you got to halfway, it was like, oh man, this is this is where all hell's going to break loose because they're going to treat the, the halfway point as the finish. And it really didn't. And they got to. When did the red flag come out? Twenty five to go ish, I think, because they restarted around twenty. So, yeah, uh, lap one thirty nine was the first lap of the red flag. But and there was, was one hundred sixty lap race. So. But then the rain came, yeah. and then when the rain came, before the rain came, is when we probably need to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, l- I mean, let's dig into what we thought was the end of the race. Yeah, I mean, surprise, they got restarted. But let's dig into that scenario where the top fifteen cars. I mean, so we're, we're talking, okay, it's dicey racing. This is very exciting. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? You've got guys making big moves. They're all racing like they know it could end yeah, any time. You've got guys up front, too, who are racing for playoffs. I mean, yep. playoff livelihood. Like, they need to win. If they don't win, they're out, and their guys are just racing because they want the win. It's like, here's Justin Haley is up here. Busher is up here. Yeah, Jones was up there at one point. Bubba yeah. was in the mix. Um, and, and it was getting really crazy, really exciting. And you you knew the clouds were all around. You could see everywhere. Yeah. The clouds were all around. Um, teams are telling their drivers, like, it's in the area, it's coming, be, basically tell them to be aggressive without telling them to be aggressive. Right. And then the worst case, probably, like, the worst case scenario happens in terms of, like, what you do not want to see out of this race. Uh, well, especially, like, if you had, before this race, if you had, if we had talked on the podcast, say, what would be the absolute worst scenario for how this race would you end. don't i would say as any sport you never want the officials to decide it, right you want it to be decided on the field and in this case specifically you don't want the officials to be involved you want it to be a clear cut let's have so and so win this race because they won the race not because the officials made a mistake or a controversial decision and well here we are so they go into turn one and uh you know right before they wrecked NBC or you know CNBC cuts that camera shot and you see a lot of drops on the lens like going into that corner as they're about to wreck um like just just I mean a microsecond before yeah, I was I about to start tweeting oh there's oh no and, and I was going to say I think it's important too like spotters are telling the drivers on the radio like it's here there's sprinkles a little bit there was a little bit of that well then on the front stretch when they're coming to turn 1 
which is just like mere seconds before they hit turn one. Then you had some spotters actually going, it's raining, it's raining, it's raining. Like, stay in it, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then they wreck. And so this is where we need to sort of dive into, like, you know, is there is there blame to assign? Is it a fluke thing? Um, how can this be avoided again? Because essentially what happened is the top 15 cars in a race that we've been talking about all year long, looking forward to for months and months and months, um, those cars all got wiped out because it was raining and there was no caution uh, before they got to that corner. Obviously, NASCAR goes on TV. Scott Miller says, I, I, you know, I don't think there's anything we could have done differently. Um, drivers were saying, well, I mean, you have radars, essentially. Uh, others, others are saying, well, the, the spotters were calling it. So give me your take. <laughs> you know, let's start to dive into this here. How, how do you feel about that incident? What, what could be done differently? What happened? Yeah, I mean, I think the question of whether... I didn't hear on the radio channels I was listening to. I did not hear any drivers say it's raining, the track is wet. I, I didn't hear that. And so I, I'm I'm a little sympathetic to the kind of this unfolded of like this is a fluke thing. I'm not saying there's not a way to maybe monitor rain better. You know, there's detection devices or whatever. But when they're going to turn one and it starts to rain pretty good, like you, there's not much you can do at that point. Like you don't, you can't anticipate it. And some drivers said that, oh, they should have thrown the caution. Even if they had thrown the caution going to turn one, they're still going to slow down from 180 miles an hour to 100 miles an hour quick, but they're still going 100 miles an hour, and they're going to hit water. And so you're probably going to have a I don't know how you could have prevented that unless you knew it was going to rain in turn one. You can't throw a caution, well, because it might rain. It needs to rain, and I don't feel like until that point it was raining enough to warrant a caution. Yeah, so I've obviously had hours to think about this, right? Um, obviously, the first instinct is what a colossal screw-up on NASCAR's part to keep the race green when it was raining. How did they not see this? It was raining all around. How was there not, like, a spotter in turn one, a NASCAR official spotter, saying, guys, it's raining, throw the caution, or whatever. You know, NASCAR all day was very, very diligent on the official channel because mm -hmm. I had one ear on the scanner today, one ear on the mm -hmm. official channel because I, I just thought there was so much rain you wanted to be, you know, lightning hold or whatever could mm -hmm. be coming. And um, Jusan Hamilton, the race director, I mean, he was constant. I mean, just over and over again, right? Like saying any change in the track condition, you know, he kept checking, you know, pace car, the flag stand, you know, some guy in turn two, some guy in turn three, checking any change, any change, any change. Nope, 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 nope. Obviously this happened quickly, but you could also see the rain was coming. So, you know, is is do they not have a good enough radar? You know, you you think that the radar technology that they have available to them, or, or I don't know if they have you know weather people or something. You know, I, I get that it started quickly, but you know that I was kind of like, man. Or I think even Rick Allen suggested maybe on the broadcast, maybe you know, could you have some sort of. Um, moisture detection thing like as soon as maybe there's some sort of uh devices around the track and if they start getting moisture in them then that triggers something to nascar that sets off some sort of alarm um because you know there was that one fan video from the front stretch um where the guy's like it's raining it's raining as they're coming around the back stretch but it's been made you know the points been made to me of course that was that guy's far back that's that doesn't mean there wasn't any moisture on the track then you look at the in-car cameras of the drivers and even when they pass that point of the front stretch, there's no moisture on the windshield. So then, then I kind of thought, well, okay, let's say they did throw the caution. Let's say 
NASCAR was like, oh man, it's it's too close. It's right off. It's right over the fence. The rain is about to come. This what happens lap. if it doesn't rain? Well, no. So let's say let's say they they throw the caution there. Okay. And and then it starts raining. They throw the caution with no rain yet. But I hate that precedent though. No, but you know what happens? What's that? The immediate reaction is every fan on Twitter goes, oh, of course. They throw the caution. It's yeah. not even raining yet. Yeah. NASCAR threw the caution to get who they wanted I hate it. in front. They th threw the caution knowing this would lock so-and-so into the playoffs. This They yeah. didn't want so-and-so to get it's in. Awful. It's awful. I, I, I hate know. that idea. I hate it. So that, that would be the other side of what happened. However, that also would have saved the top 15 cars from wrecking. Justin Marks put on Twitter that cost probably $4 million yeah. the field. So <laughs> I mean, I, and I'm know. sympathetic to that too. Like, I mean, I'm not. I, I don't know how you fix it. It's not. If this was like an every time thing, and it, it doesn't help too. This is a bigger track. It's 2.5 miles. How many times we hear like, oh, it's raining over in turn three, but it's not raining over in turn two. Like, and I, I, I just, it's tough. And I just, it almost to me, I hate to chalk this up to a fluke thing because I, I don't like that, and I, and I wish you could kind of maybe kind of prevent this from happening and. But I, I don't know the answer to that because I think you you, you can't you, you can't be early on this because you have to have rain, but you also can't be late. But what do you do? I, I don't. I think you can be early though. But if you're early, if you're early once, if you're early, right, and it doesn't rain, like we've been to racetracks before, we've been there, numerous times, like oh, it's supposed to rain and it doesn't. Like we weren't even supposed to. But the spotters on the roof, I mean, the grandstands, they were getting dropped, so it was it was going to be. But there's a difference between. There. But there were sprinkles. From lap one today, like literally on the pace laps, like drivers like, oh, you know, from right and, you know, early in the laps. And I can go back and look at my Twitter feed. There was drivers saying, oh, there's light sprinkles. I mean, there's light rain. Like, so then it's like, when do you, you know, at what point is it as soon as there's moisture in the air, you, you, you stop the race? If that's the case, this thing should have been stopped at on lap, I don't know, 20. You know, I, I just, it's hard. I, I don't, it's really hard to say like, oh, there's, it's going to rain. It's probably going to rain. We're going to stop. I just. It's a really bad precedent, and then you open yourself up to interpretation. And as an if a, you never want your officials to have, you really want it to be black or white. And I think you run the risk then of of, that, of opening that gray area way too much. So that's a fair point. And but it, I think if you're going to go that route, first of all, you you can't just chalk it up to a fluke because if you if you if if everybody just shrugs their shoulders and says, ah, freak accident, freak deal then that opens the door for something like this happening again in the future, right? Because then that means that you're not going to make changes to make sure it doesn't happen again. I think it's fine to say, you know, man, we this really caught everybody by surprise today. But I think then going forward, you've got to say, all right, how can we make sure this doesn't happen again? Whether it's improved radar or putting spotters, you know, increasing the amount of people who are, you know, standing outdoors and holding their hands up or whatever and feeling for rain or something, um, whatever the case may be, whatever people try to decide to do, you, you have to do something because, you know, I, I was asking one driver, you know, was this comparable in New Hampshire? And they said no, because New Hampshire last year where the leaders wrecked, if you recall, the, the one that Almirola won. My top three, wasn't it? Top three guys? It was Kyle Busch, Truex, and Truex, yeah. And, you know, that that one they said, well, it was raining for like three laps. Yeah. And, and NASCAR just kept it going because they were trying to get the race going. And uh, this one really was like, everybody just drove in and <laughs> and you know i i was given a, a look at denny hamlin's in car and you know you don't you never see drops even even after he's already wrecking you never see drops on the windshield after they hit that wall of water so it's tough i mean i i don't know what the solution is but i think you can't just say ah 
What can you do? We wrecked the top 15 cars in a massively important playoff race um, or, you know, race to set the playoff field. Um, it's, it's too important. It's too important for that. So um, I don't know what you do, but I think it, it, it requires a lot of introspection and deep dive. Um, I don't think the answer is just to say, ah, I would agree. Know. I mean, I don't, I don't think I always think you should continue to look for improvement in areas. And if there's a way you can maybe prevent this from absolutely, but I don't know what the answer is. And it's, you know, maybe there's not an answer. I don't know. I mean, Ty- Tyler Reddick said afterwards, you know, there's been plenty of times I've raced around this track and, and you're getting sprinkles and they mm-hmm. keep going. Um, and, and the heavy stuff doesn't come. So I think, I think you can only assume, I mean, obviously look, NASCAR absolutely did not want that situation. It's not like they're trying to wreck the field by any means. Um, I think they were trying to keep going until it got to a, a condition that wasn't raceable, but it, it snuck up, up, up on them so quickly. I just wish that, um, you know, somebody in that corner or something had, had radioed up to the tower and said, ah, it's wet down here, you know, and it might've been really quick and, yeah. and you might've not had time to slow down. I don't know, but that didn't happen. It just wrecked the whole it, thing. It did. And you someone, know? you know, said to me like, Hey, could, it, it could have been all of the seconds before you know it started raining and so if it happens instantaneously it's like the line of communication from the turn spotter to the tower to flipping the switch like it's going to be 10 seconds or whatever that's going to be but you're still not going to have a chance and even, again I go back but to, you didn't get it at all but even then if i had gone I go back to what i said at the beginning even if the caution would come out they're still going to slow down so they're going to slow down from however fast they're going they're still going to be going at a relatively high rate of speed through that corner there's still a likelihood that you're going to see guys get sideways. And when you're in a pack like that, you're going to have a pileup. Yeah, but they can roll out of it. They can get, you know. Matter. You can roll out all you want to, but you're, again, you're you're decreasing the level of speed. You're still going through an area where it's it's wet, like, and you're, you're without treaded tires. Like, there, there's still a chance of, like. Yeah, but they're not going to be full throttle in the gas piling into it. I I, I understand that, but I, I still think you're going to have an, I, think, I still think you're going to have an incident of some kind. I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have taken out the top 15 cars in no, the race. But even if it takes I mean, out three, four, I mean, you're still okay. But that's better than taking out all of the contender. I mean, this is this is the race that was built up as everybody's last chance, and everybody those those cars did well to put themselves in position and deserved an opportunity to go out there and do it. And and there wasn't a it wasn't a big one in the sense that you know Suarez and Hamlin got into each other and collected the whole field. It was the rain that collected the whole field and. That's that's what I think. That in some way that had to be avoidable. It just does. I mean, it had to be avoidable. Flip the in some switch way. quicker and just hope that everybody gets through there. That's the only thing I can think of at this point. But there was no there was no alert. Is what I'm saying. There was no nobody said flip the switch, right? I, I so, mean, it could have been a thing though. They as soon as we don't know because I was were you listening? Maybe I don't know. But they do have communication channels that you can't hear. But you, you could have been a thing where they alerted the tower. And by the time the tower was going to call the caution. I mean, they're piling in and wrecking. I mean, that would be news to us if if that's the case. That's a hypothetical, but I... I, And a lot of this is hypothetical. I guess. I'm just saying, I mean, this is... uh, Somebody said to me, you know, I wonder if it would be almost better, you know, because we've we've praised that this race is in the the playoff, in the cutoff spot. And I think it's great. It's been great Mm -hmm. because it's been very exciting. It generates exactly what everybody's looking for, especially in a season like this with so many different winners. Win your way in. But... There's always going to be rain. There was rain at the, you know, that affected the Xfinity race. There was rain that affected the Cup race. Yeah, it's August in Florida. What do you mean? It's and and you know, it was already moved off July, but you're still in the summer here. 
the the rain was a frequent sight the entire weekend. Um, somebody suggested I, I don't want to identify them because they didn't say that I could use their idea, but somebody said maybe why not switch Talladega and Daytona? So you put Daytona into the playoffs, say, and you put Talladega. You still have a, a, a super speedway race at the cutoff, but it's not going to rain as much. In they Alabama, to, regularly in August, every they day. Used to it's have be Tal- hot, but they used to have Talladega in July. At the end of July, for I mean, for since the track opened until the mid to late nineties, and it was hotter than blazes. I'm sure it would and be it was hot, a day race. Is it, is it gonna? Rain? And it's also Alabama. Storms roll through there. They had issues with rain all the time. So, but and not as the, frequently as Florida. Come on, not as frequently. But again, the problem is, is you have storms there. You don't have lights. So then. You're running the issue of because if we know at Talladega, if it rains, you you've got a window. Like and here, yes, your window. Well, you don't do late afternoon starts. Look at this wonderful Doug Rice had one of my favorite tweets of all time. This so you're going you but again, you, you can't even control that. But if you get rain in the afternoon, if you get rain at 1 p.m. In, in Alabama, you're you could be done for the day by the time that rain rolls through and the track gets dried. Your window is much smaller. Today was a 10 a.m. start. There was a three-hour and 19-minute red flag for rain, and they still got the race in with plenty of daylight. It's still light out right now as we're talking. Good. We've never done – how many podcasts have we done all year where there's still daylight at all for any race, mm-hmm. really? I mean, it's still light out. It's it's only mm-hmm. – uh, gosh, it's only 6-something o'clock here. That's amazing. Yeah. 10 a.m. start times are not that bad of a thing. They, they are bad because you're going to have to take less money from your TV partners. Oh, boo-hoo. No, you can do it Boo-hoo? One, one race. You're not, you're not, the TV can get over having, you know, what costs TV more? Uh, having their marquee race rained out on a Saturday night or putting it at 10 a.m. on CNBC today because it wasn't able to go as regular schedule and they, they weren't able to probably get half their audience. If you said 10 a.m., NBC, scheduled race, is that really going to be w- way worse than Saturday night getting rained sure. out and postponed? The problem with that is, though, NBC at this time today had golf, a huge golf tournament. They're they're not they're well because this wasn't scheduled. But if you schedule it a I year understand. in advance, again, let me finish. Okay. And then they also have EPL soccer on USA, and so I'm looking at the schedule. Hypothetically, we were going to try this. All of a sudden, yes, you're looking at this going, we're running out of we we don't have windows. Like, where are you going to put this? Like. NBC doesn't have NBC Sports Network anymore. They, they don't have these opportunities. You almost are putting yourself in a position where you're going to be shuffled off to CNBC. Like, I, I don't see how, you know, maybe your next TV contract you can you can negotiate that. But, man, I, I, don't, I, I don't see the point of this conversation because every time we talk about this, like, it comes down to dollars and cents. And we, we know, like, they are willing to, NASCAR is willing to write off a couple of races a year. Their television partners are. Two. It's yeah. been more than two now. So what do they have? They've had Dover. I can't, uh, well, I off the top of my story. head, which ones have been canceled? Dover has been one, and then this is the other one. Has there been a third? There's been delays as well. Delays, but they we're not, we're not talking delays. They, NASCAR is willing to push to have two postponements per year, if I remember correctly, and we're at, I think we're at that number now. So, and at the end of the day, it is about money. It is about getting the most money you can from your television partner because that is the lifeblood of the sport. And I just you can't sit there and say early start times, great. You're going to be taking a hell of a lot less money from your, your partners. So you just keep doing this every year. You keep putting Daytona in summer when you know it's probably going to rain uh, most of the weekend and 
do rainouts and so this have has all been, this chaos this is, and have possible rain shortened races and wrecking the field. That's that's worth it. That's let's just, this just, is just keep you, doing this. This is year three of okay. of, the, of Daytona. We've had this issue once. I, last, there was not major delays in, in 2020. There was not major delays in 2021. So it's I, one I, out of three. I can't remember. I I'm sorry. I can't. But I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, it seems highly likely that if if this is on the same weekend again, then it's probably going to be impacted by rain again. Um, but, fine, but if the you're solution fine is going to go to but the solution is to go to Alabama, and you're going to have the same problem. No, I was just telling you somebody suggested that. That's fine. I was throwing it out there for conversation. I thought it was not a bad idea, but apparently you do. <laughs> if so, you're going to add lights to Talladega, then go for it. That's fine. But we don't need lights. Just start it in the daytime. And then if it rains, you're you have no you've got smaller box to work in. Again, there was it rained today. There was a three hour red flag, almost three and a half hours between green flag racing, and they still got the race in in plenty of daylight. So okay, then you every other every other sport wants to be in prime time and later windows and maximize their viewers. And NASCAR is like, ah, you know what? We're cool. We're gonna go to 10 a.m. breakfast at Daytona. That makes sense. All right, let's move on because there's plenty of other things to talk about. Aside from the rain, uh, obviously it looks like Austin Dillon is going to be the winner uh, during the rain delay if they don't get it restarted. And at the time, uh, because Ryan Blaney um, of his early incident, um, which we'll get into now, um, you know he he was 12 points behind and it looked like he was done. He was I don't know four or five laps down, something like that, and uh, it looked like he was totally screwed. Now, of course, we had talked about strategy a little bit and uh, i had asked blaney even yesterday like what's what's the argument against the sort of conservative play the Mm -hmm. conservative strategy call where you would just you know run in the back uh for the first couple stages see what truex does and see what the stage point situation is um instead of risking your own car right because he said he was going to run up there so let me just read you his quote uh you can put yourself in a tough spot, right? He said, let's say you ride in the back the whole race. Obviously, I don't foresee the 19 doing that because he has to try to gain points to beat us just in case there's a new winner. So if Martin goes out and wins the first two stages and I don't get stage points, I'm only five ahead of him. That's not a lot of spots here. You can lose that in the lap. So that's what you don't want to happen. And we've just never ridden the back of these things. We've been in the trenches and trying to lead laps and try to control the flow of the race. That's where I think we're at our best. Um, as it turned out, Truex did get 15 uh, stage points um, in the first two stages. Blaney got zero because he wrecked in the first stage. Um, uh, the the ill, uh, ill-timed ill bump drafter, I don't know who's at fault there, if it was Eric Jones in front of Hamlin or whatever it was. But Blaney ends up causing a lot of damage to his own car. And uh, it, looked, it looked bad during the rain delay. The race uh, ends up getting restarted. They dry the track and... Um, Blaney, despite being laps down, immediately starts passing all these cars that were not able to continue. So even though he's still laps down and ended the race, um, how many laps down? He finished six laps down, but he finished six laps down in 15th place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> six laps down in 15th place. That's how that's how much attrition was in this race. Um, so he picked up tons and tons of spots. Meanwhile, Truex who had made it through the wreck uh, and was P6, I think, P7, uh, ends up losing spots. He made it up to P4 on the restart, but he ends up losing spots to to P8. 
and he ends up missing the playoffs by three points because Ryan Blaney was third in points, Martin Truex Jr. fourth in points, Austin Dillon pulls a ball don't lie, and he wins anyway, uh, just as he was in position to at the uh, at the rain delay, and uh, puts himself in the playoffs. 16th different winner, although we know Kurt Busch isn't in it, and uh, knocks out Martin Truex Jr. despite being fourth in points. What do you think? I don't know. How, do you, how would you classify Truex's year? Like, it feels underwhelming in a sense because he hasn't won and he's not making the playoffs, but he ends the regular season fourth in points. And you look at everything he's done, top five, top ten, stage wins. He leads the series in stage wins, by the way. Like, it's crazy. And in this format, you look at it like it's disappointing. And to me, that's just – it's remarkable that we classify a driver's season like this as, as under you know disappointing or underwhelming. But it's just – it's it's crazy that this is the year we've had. We've had 16 different winners, and the guy, the two guys who finished third and fourth in the regular season points, one of them is going home. It's it's wild. I mean, there was I, I believe at the time of the rain delay, Truex was up to second in points, which not yeah. only meant he would have made it, but he would have gotten 10 playoff points. He pro- he would have been right around where Blaney is, and Blaney's like a six seed or five seed going to the playoffs. I mean, well, no, because when you couple the stage wins, all yeah, the stage wins more, he had yeah. plus ten yeah. points. You've been higher. I mean, Truex would have been a pretty decent. He would have been in decent shape rolling into the playoffs. Now he's not in at all. I mean, you you look at the season he's had. You say, how do you classify it? Martin Truex Jr. outscored Kyle Larson in this regular season. He mm-hmm. outscored Ross Chastain, who we've talked about as at times a championship favorite, has so much speed. Um, he's ahead of Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick. William Byron, Tyler Reddick, Bowman, Suarez, Sindrick. Um, he's way ahead of Denny Hamlin. Uh, all these people who are in the playoffs, um, and he is not. It, it's, you know, in, in some ways, yes, it's hard to justify, but I think I've consistently said also, like, I don't have – it's hard to muster up the sympathy when everybody knows the, the, the format going into it. He's got the second-best average finish on the year, by the way. I mean, unbelievable. That's crazy. Unbelievable. It's a consistent season, but it's not a winning one. No. And NASCAR has basically decided this is a series that's all about winning. And if you don't win... You are at the mercy of the gods at that point. I mean, it's it's really... It's, it's definitely hard to wrap your head around it. And it's definitely still sort of taking some adjustment. But that's the reality. I mean, that's 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 what this system is. Um, yeah, you know, they, they emphasize... Austin Dillon finished the regular season... 19th in points. Uh, he was behind Eric Almarola, Eric Jones in points, and he's in the playoffs. It's all about winning. That's all, all you can say. It doesn't matter what you do on a week-to-week basis. All that matters is win. And you, most years, you can be consistent in making the playoffs. This year, and we, it finally showed that you, it doesn't matter sometimes. It's crazy. And before this, the highest driver not to make the playoffs was Clint Boyer in 11th, who did it twice. 11th. Yeah. 11th. And now fourth is out. <laughs> uh, again, you know, I and I I do tend to think that this is an anomaly. Yeah. I don't think that we'll see. You know, we talk about all the season on the podcast. Oh, there's not going to be 16 different winners in the regular season. Yeah. Oops. Uh, Sorry about yeah, that. That that did happen. Um, but I'm already saying next year's not going to happen again because I think that as as these teams learn the car and you know get more notes and things, I I think there'll be a little bit more consistency among the top teams and less parity um and let's be honest i mean truex could have won races this could year have won a lot. He, sh- he should have 
won races. Like, he should have – you look at their season. Um, Richmond earlier this year, fast car. I think they had an issue in pit row. They, had, they couldn't overcome that. Nashville, he should have been first, second, or third on a restart on that last restart. But and he, he pitted, mis- right? Mistakenly on mis- his own. He pitted, he pitted by mistake. Caused himself I – mean, he finished in the 20s, I think, that day. Um, that, I mean, you just Gosh, start, dude. And he, that, yeah. those points right there. Yeah. Even, right. even without a win, those points from pitting at Nashville, those would have put him ahead Ryan Blaine, of Ryan, Ryan Blaine into the playoffs. Uh, Darlington uh, was leading at Darlington. They had a, he got, got into a restart, got wrecked. Um, you go through this, and I will say this. This is a year, too. Joe Gibbs Racing is, usually, is, is good on road courses, and Truex is great on road courses. And this year, Joe Gibbs Racing was – I mean, we've heard it from him. They were abysmal. On the road courses, they will tell you that, and it bit them because they threw away a lot of points in those races. And let's be honest, this conversation, shockingly enough, wouldn't even be a thing. The Blaney Truex thing had Kurt Busch been healthy. That's true. Because then you don't look at points at all. Then they're both out because they didn't win. And and I mean, I, I, you got to say Blaney ended up coming away a very 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 lucky. Person, yeah, to th- be able to still make this three-hour delay, three-hour and change delay, and at any point they could have thrown the red flag. They could have called the day, and they no, could have just said no. Yeah, one, sorry, I mean, we gave it an attempt. I sat out there for I sat out there watching them for an hour of it, and it was raining very hard at one point. And you're like, they're just waiting for them to to cancel it, and they didn't. And they wouldn't. No, I don't think anyone would have objected because it was bad and looking at the forecast you're like this is this is not gonna there's not gonna be a window here plus it takes two hours to drive the track like in the last two days it's worth noting too the weather pattern was the storm once the storms build they are there until way after sunset they're hovering yeah yeah and 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 there was going to be no chance now today it it turned out a little bit differently (laughs) Uh, again i mean blaney to to go put himself in the position you know he ends up wrecking he hadn't won He's six laps down. I mean, it, it's just he's got a he's lady luck was on the side from the Kurt withdrawing, from not being able to from this race being able to restart it to having Truex have his issues and getting caught up in a wreck. Like there were so many things that had to happen for Ryan Blaney to get into the playoffs. And the funny thing is, like you could make a case that like you could see him advancing to the final four. Like it's not improbable. He's been very good this year and. It's it's funny because he's he's he could have gone easily just as easy out and now you're looking like well okay he got in but now he can make some noise. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you don't that team really has not shown me a lot lately, um, and it seems like he's just sort of like really struggled through trying to uh, deal with you know not having the performance, not winning. Um, it just doesn't seem like they have too much momentum on their side, and then just to. I mean, you. I mean, is backing into the playoffs a fair term to describe what happened to him today? <laughs> I think yeah. When I you mean, need when you need like a list, a laundry list of things to go right to get in. Yeah, I think that's yeah. A fair term. I mean, when you finish six laps down and wrecked in Daytona, when you had to go, and I mean, you needed the rain gods and to you work. You needed Truex to be wrecked as well to fall Truex back at the end and, there, yeah. and and uh, another competitor to have a an injury to withdraw. And yeah, yeah. I mean, he's no, very fortunate. You're, you're I mean, right. you, I think I think you almost look at it as. Um, you almost have to change your mentality to, okay, I, I feel the pressure of wanting to go do well, but it's a gift that we made it in essentially. Sure. And and let's just let's just view this as a bonus and let's go out there and see what we can do and kind of have fun and, and see how far we can make it. But 
you know, I, I don't think they should be like, oh, we've we've got to make the Final Four and, and all. No, stuff no, I mean it should be like that. But I think the expectation, and if you look at how the playoffs set up a little bit, it you could make a case like he he should make the he could him making the round eight is not going to shock anybody. Was he out in round one last year? Was last no, year that was when two, he years oh, like two years ago. Two years ago, he had the issues at Darlington, which completely sidetracked him, and they were gone in round one. Last year, he went to Kansas in the round of eight and crashed late, and he had, he was well set to like make the final four, like bonus points and everything. And then he went to Kansas and crashed, and that ruined everything, and he never was able to recover. Gotcha. See, I rely on your memory for so much. Um. So, yes, I mean, uh, by the way, uh, definitely worth addressing, you know, the Austin Dillon part of this race. Um, you know, kudos to him that he was able to – I think it would be you, – you'd have to think it would be mentally tough to sit there and think, okay, I've got the win. Please keep raining. Please keep raining. Just give me <laughs> the win. Get me in the playoffs. And then they say, sorry, we're going back racing. Oof. Um, it's been very, very rare. I, In fact, I'm not sure I can recall off the top of my head a time when – the driver that was like leading at a rain delay when they went back green, like a long rain delay and they decided to go back to it, that person ended up still winning anyway. There's there's not been very many times that's happened recently, I would say. Not um, I can think of. I can't think of any. So, um, you know, a lot of people like to, to poke at Austin Dillon for various things. Um, but, you know, you, you have to say he go, went out and earned it there. Um, some people won't like that he you know, kind of booted Austin Cindric there, but why? I honestly why, why didn't have you, a problem with that at all. Like, what do you, what do you expect him to do? Like just ride I mean, there? He had a run. He and, had a run and, I mean, all, and you have to make a move. Like you can't, if he backs off, then people are going to pile into him and then he's going to be. Cindric didn't seem to be upset. Cindric was not it. upset at all. No, yeah. he was, he was like, he completely understood that's, like that's yeah. racing and he knew it was coming. And I mean, he, he knew the Chevy train was behind him. Our RCR Chevy train at that. So that brings up Mr. Tyler Reddick, who <laughs> teammate um, of the year was the subject of a press release that said the timing could not have been worse after he was leaving mm -hmm. RCR. Well, he ends up pushing and protecting his teammate right into the playoffs. Um, I asked Richard Childress afterwards two different ways whether that earned um, <laughs> Reddick any sort of you know uh, relief within the walls of RCR. There's obviously been tension there and, and some unhappiness that Reddick had said he was leaving. And he just kind of didn't really answer the question. Um, I asked Reddick whether he thought that would help his standing, you know, within the team. Like, and he said that that wasn't why I did it. I did it because I was trying to be a good teammate. I was trying to, you know, Austin's my friend. Um, he deserved to win. Everybody, at, it's not just my team. It's everybody at RCR who deserves to win and make the playoffs. Um, but he said, like, I had no intention at all of trying to pull out and pull around Dylan. I mean, he was absolutely playing the loyal soldier mm -hmm. all the way there. So I hope that RCR gives him some credit, um, which they should have, in my opinion, still never been so upset about the way he decided to leave because I thought that was fine and plenty of advance notice. Um, but uh, hopefully they, they look at him and say, you know what, that guy's all right. I hope so. And, and you go, he goes to Indianapolis after the announcement too and, and puts on a great performance. I mean, he's done nothing so far to show like – there's any bad blood on his side, he's there's some kind of grudge. He has said he's going to give it 100% in his time at RCR, and he has so far lived up to that. I, however, 
would have loved to have seen him pass Austin Dillon coming to the checkered flag to win the race and then in victory lane like rip off his uniform to reveal like a Toyota shirt and like a complete heel turn and then announce next week I'll be going to the playoffs as a driver for 2311 replacing Kurt Busch that was what I want to see speaking of Toyota Kurt Busch all that stuff um as that situation unfolded which I guess those of you who listened to last week's episode you're probably not surprised um how it unfolded because we had sort of laid out the case for why it should be done that way. Why, um, if Kurt Busch was going to withdraw, why he should do it before the playoffs. Um, ultimately, you know, he, I think he obviously, I obviously I agree because I had already said that I felt that's how it should be done. Do you think NASCAR listened to us and like, Hey, this is a really good idea. Oh, please, please give me a break. Um, they like the podcast. I mean, why not? Listen, Kurt Busch, um, you know, all I'm saying is did the right thing. But, of course, that generated conspiracy theories of, you know, the uh, <laughs> who who's behind this? Are they making him do this? Is Toyota doing this? Blah, blah. Well, if Toyota was doing it, it didn't work out very well for them because no. Truex, if they were doing it to get Truex in, Truex missed it anyway. So it ended up getting a Chevy and a Ford in. So that one is gone. That's sort of like, I mean, maybe I guess people could still have the theory, but it wouldn't hold much weight at this point i think i don't know what to say i mean kurt's hurt like bottom line it's his choice he wasn't able to race it was his decision and to, to even spotlight some of these people who believe in this conspiracy theory is just it's a waste of breath well they call into serious xm satellite radio God bless and- them. <laughs> i'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a, i'm glad to be a guest host on there on the, on the regular but it just there you can't reason with these people like you can present any facts you can i don't know to tell you kurt is hurt like it's not some grand you know behind you know some wizard behind the the, the screen pulling the strings it's like he is not racing we don't know if he's going to race again this year there's a there's a chance of that right i mean it, it it definitely seems like and but i i guess the bottom line is he could have said you know screw everybody sure i don't care I don't know when I'm coming back. Maybe I'm not coming back, but you are not taking my playoff spot from me. I'm going to be in the 16. I'm a, I earned it. Uh, I'm one of the winners, and I'm not giving it up. Yeah. So I'm not pulling myself out of the playoffs. I'm not declining the waiver, all that kind of stuff. He didn't, right? Or, he did not. So I mean, it was his decision. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a very respectable thing to Respe- do. Especially in a sport that for long, for too long, has said you got to play hurt and you've got to put your own well-being behind you know everything else and whether it's guys racing with broken necks or taping their eyelids open like but really in the last 10 years i mean and credit dale Earnhardt jr for this is this this mindset of uh, is, is changed and it's okay to race hurt but when you're injured you, you can't do it well and obviously now you know we we know that the doctors have been the ones you know once he once he got in that situation, the doctor's been the ones uh, making the decisions. So, um, yeah. Yeah, thought I mean, of his hands. He, he, even if he said right now, I want to come back, they would say, you're not cleared, so you can't. But I don't think he's ready. It sounds like obviously he's not ready anyway, or the doctors would no. say, you're, you're fine. But um, still such a shame, though, I mean, because he did earn a spot. And, yeah, he was having a great year. Now, the 45 car, though, is in the owner points Correct. championship, which means that the number 12 car – the highest car in points um, to not win their way in. Um, Roger Penske, for all intents and purposes, he's not in the playoffs with the 12. He's in the playoffs with his other two cars. We know that drivers have bonuses in their contracts. If you make the playoffs, uh, 
um, you get the bonus money for various incentives. So we don't know, of course, the details of Ryan Blaney's contract, but odds are that Roger Penske is going to have to pay Ryan Blaney um, what he's owed for making the playoffs. However, he's not going to be having the money to do so. That car can only finish 17th in the points. Um, you know, it, it will be battling Truex essentially, right? Uh, meanwhile, yeah. the 45 car uh, currently driven by Ty Gibbs, and it seems like unless something changes, he's in the car. Uh, they, they didn't have somebody else come drive o- over there. So, um, yes. yes, I, I mean, mean it's it's financially he is not going to get bo- he's not getting the payout at NASCAR pays out at the end of the year for for championship finish is actually not by drivers. You know, it's it's, it's actually it goes to the teams. It goes to the teams. Owners points. That's how it pays out, and that affects. And there's also the charters and and the three year average of what it, what their charter is and value and payouts that way. Like this is going to hurt Roger Penske. And I'm not going to bleed. I'm not going to cry for Roger Penske. I think he's going to be okay, but it does hurt. I mean, he is going to lose some money on this or not make as much money as he would um, on his 12 team, not winning a race during the regular season and making the playoffs that way. It's, it's, it is, it is a financial hit. And another big financial hit um, goes out to the 19 car because that charter, I you know, again, it's based on three-year averages, the charter payouts, the charter system. So, um, you know, the 19 car has had three excellent years. Uh, I believe the 11 car might have only been the only uh, charter higher, worth more than the 19 right now. Um, however, the 19 not being able to finish any higher than 17th in the standings for owners, that is really, really going to hurt the average finish uh, of that charter, you know, over three years. And that's going to drop that one down. It's going to make it worth far less. The payouts are going to be far less because the purse payout goes along with that. That's one of the reasons NASCAR doesn't publish the purse anymore by, you know, individual drivers because so much revolves around the three-year average of the charter payouts. I know we're getting kind of in the weeds here, but this stuff really matters to the team. It matters to the owners. I'll tell you that. They they, they keep it, pay, they pay attention to this, and it, it does hurt. I mean, it's going to be interesting. And the 19 team, you got to remember, since 2016, they've made the, the, the championship four every because you got to remember Carl Edwards in 16 would drive the 19 they've made the championship four every year but one so the value of that charter for that 19 team is extraordinarily high wow yeah it's that's going to be a, a big blow um so yeah well we'll sort of I mean I I don't think that you know by the time you get down to the final four that you'll have you know asking Whoever's driving the, the 45 car, Ty Gibbs at the moment, maybe he's going to have to concentrate on the Xfinity playoffs at some point. I don't know. But if he keeps driving it for, for the rest of the season, is Ty Gibbs going to put that car, have good enough finishes to put that car multiple rounds ahead of? I don't I don't I, think that's so. A, that's a tall ask. Yeah. I mean, he has just done and it, nothing against Ty Gibbs. He's very talented, but that's. You're, it's a rookie. It means you're essentially, essentially rookie putting better. him in the playoffs, yeah. the cut playoffs at the highest level when those guys are going all out. Asking him to even get up, get past the first round would be difficult. It's a big ask. I mean, it's a big, big ask. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, well, should we? Do you feel like looking back at how the regular season unfolded? And I think and we did well. How I'm okay with playoff this. predictions? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I think we did. I don't think we embarrassed ourselves. So listen, uh, before the year, we obviously um, make a bunch of predictions. And this year, for those who recall, probably don't. I don't know why you would recall this, but Jordan and I had the exact same 16 playoff drivers. (laughs) 
We missed three. Um, we missed Kurt Busch, which man, I'm taking credit for that one. I'm sorry, like, he, but he's not in the playoffs. His team is though, so I'm taking credit for it. His okay. team is in the playoffs because of him. I'm taking credit for it. Yeah, it's it's. I I don't know that we could take credit for that. We we predicted he would get in, which I thought was a little bit going out on a limb because he was coming to a new team, 45 car. You know, I was like, oh, he's going to be a veteran guy and put it in, and he did. But we don't get credit for it, honestly. Why? So I'm, I'm taking credit. You're for taking it. credit anyway. for it. All right. Um, Brad Kozlowski. Yeah, that was a whiff. We, <laughs> that was bad. We. I thought he was going to. We missed win. on that. I, one. I thought I thought that team was going to get better as the year went along. I really did, and the 17 team actually really did. Like they they picked up their performance a lot. The 16 has just been. I just thought that even though Keselowski was going to a different team with the next gen car and sure. all those things, like he would have enough veteran presence and and all ability. Stuff. We all heard too about the car. It was like it's going to be a driver's car, right? I and just thought, yeah, and and yes, he had a 100 point penalty. But this is this is a little bit shocking. Even if you added 100 points back to his total for the regular season, he still only would have finished um, 20. 22nd in points yeah. behind, behind Chris Buescher. Yeah, again, Chris had a pretty good year. Came on late, and Brad they just they have not gotten better. They have not turned the corner. They've had moments, but I also thought too. Like super speedways. Like we knew Atlanta was going to be a super speedway. You go into there twice. So there's five super speedway races in the regular season. Like Brad's going to maybe have a good chance to get one of those. And he almost won the Daytona 500, and, but he didn't. And he hasn't really done much since. It's, it's, that one is He's got no pretty top five shocking. finishes this year. Wow. It, it's, I mean, that's pretty. I, you could say, ah, oh, it's going to be struggled in the first year, but that's pretty. The, the, is, the degree is pretty shocking to me. I agree. I, 100%. Um, so we really whiffed on that one. Um, the other one we missed was Martin Truex Jr. I don't so, feel bad about that either. That's I mean, yeah, we, we missed it though. Oh yeah, well, that's fine. We did. Even if you know, so here here's who the the drivers that got in. On uh, conversely, you you can say that the ones we missed, uh, you know, the predictions were wrong of who would make it, but the ones that didn't get in, we didn't have Austin Cindric. You sure. had mentioned him. We both had him as rookie of the year. Yeah, we thought we. we I think we both. I think it'd be fair to say we both weren't been, been surprised if he got a win along the way. None of us, neither of us thought it was going to be Daytona 500. I think we were both thinking road courses. Yeah. If it happened. Right, right. I would say that's fair. And um, obviously, we missed the two track house drivers. Yeah, um, I, that's, so, that's the story. That's the surprise of the year for me. Right. And uh, obviously, I had said, as we've talked about here before, that they would be the biggest disappointment of the season, <laughs> track house racing. Uh, honestly, you know, they've been Oops. the top surprise, best pleasant surprise of the season. Yeah. Obviously, they've been the story of the year, really. Yeah. In, well, in my, my disappointment, Alex Bowman, is, is doing exactly what I thought he was going to do. Win a race, but not win four. You said, um, sure, he's likely to win once in 2022, but a repeat performance is expecting too much. Uh, you were down on Bowman, and he's been struggling. Yeah. Um, so just going back through some of our other predictions, um, for driver of the year, uh, now the year's not over yet, but I had said Kyle Busch. Um, I don't think that... Kyle Busch is going to be considered driver of the year. By the time it's over, you said Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson would have some work to do also, I, w I would think, to be driver of the year at this point. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's got it's what? not over. He's, got, he's, in a, he's in a good spot. Let's just put it that way. He's two fewer wins than Elliott right now. It's not inconceivable. He goes out, wins a few races in the playoffs, and, and if he can do that and make it to the championship, he's got a shot. Who would be the driver of the year? Elliott? 
more wins than the regular season title. It's got to be right. I would see right now it's Chase Elliott. Yeah, he okay. leads in wins and easily won the regular yeah, season makes, title. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, by the way, the the ending margin. Um, he ends up winning the regular season championship by 130 points. Yeah, it's not even close. So mean, he's definitely the driver of the year so yeah. far. Yeah, there was a case for a while for Ross Chastain, but um, yeah, he's you know so as far as breakout driver, um, I would say Ross Chastain I has agree to with be that. absolutely. Yeah. So um, I said it would be Tyler Reddick. You said it would be Christopher Bell. Um, both have been good. Christopher Bell's had a very nice and Reddick's got two wins. I think both those are home yeah, runs. Yeah, I mean us. they did have. You know, I don't know. But, um, I mean, honestly, from – and I'll say this, I honestly think Bell should have more wins than he does. Yeah. Like, they've had some – they just – them putting together full races has been a struggle. I think he's going to be surprising people in the playoffs, so. Um, surprise playoff driver, uh, I said none. Um, okay. So, supplies – I think, ultimately, you know, you would say that Austin Dillon was the surprise playoff driver. Shockingly, this as, as much as we talked about all the parity this season – um, you know, the, it, when you look at the race winners, at, they're all in the top um, 16 in points, except for Chase Briscoe, who finished 17th in points, and Austin Dillon, 19th in points. So, surprise! When you say surprise playoff, when you're talking about somebody, you know, in the 20s in mm-hmm. points usually, or or whatever, but everybody, Austin Sindrick, you know, he wins the Daytona 500. You're like, well, that's a surprise playoff winner right, right there. But he's had a he, really he ended good up finishing year. 14th in points. Yeah, yeah. So he's had a really, really, people don't realize like you take away even the Daytona 500 win. He's still finished in the top five on a regular basis. And I mean, one of the more impressive rookie years yeah. in recent memory. So I really think the only driver that really fits true, like the true surprise winner, surprise playoff driver. You would um, put Chester in this? No, because he finished sixth in points. I'm saying, because he, he, Ross Chastain, the way he's run is not a surprise. But you're not talking coming into the year. You're talking currently as things stand now that Dylan making the playoffs. Is yeah, a, I guess. Maybe I mean. Because I mean, Ross, be, I guess I, it, I, you could then say, um, then by that metric, you would say Cindric, Chastain, Suarez, uh, Dylan. You'd have at least four. Yeah. Um, you're not going to say Reddick was a surprise because everybody. Thought no, that, everybody that was know. building. We kind of expected yeah. that. Uh, Chase Briscoe, I mean, we both predicted he would make the playoffs. So. Yeah, I think we both thought he was going to take a leap this year, and I think – I mean, I mean we had him in. We had him in. So I just, that can't count as a surprise if you have him in. But no, I, I think um, I'm just – Your, your I, guesses were uh, – you said Chase Briscoe or Cindric if they count as surprises. So. All right, I'm taking both those. Thank you. Most likely first-time winner, we both said Reddick. Okay. So, um, and I said I also think Briscoe will win his first race and make the playoffs. Nice. And you said there's – uh, Reddick with the possibility that Cindric joins this group. Yeah, see, what you do is when you answer these questions, you just stack a bunch of names in you there. You just keep throwing out <laughs> stuff. <laughs> you just yes. you throw a bunch. You give like one answer, but then you throw a bunch of like caveats on at the end, and then at the end you just like I, I see, I claim that. Yeah. So um, now uh, we go to the seventeenth place predictions. I said that Chris Busher would be the first one out. You said Bubba Wallace would be the first one out. Obviously, we didn't think Martin Truex Jr. would be. No. Like in that position. So we missed on that. Now, here we go with our final four picks. I'm going to read you what we had preseason, and I will give you the chance to change your picks and your champion. All right. I like this. Final four before the season, I said Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch. You said Kyle Larson, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, William Byron. Oof. Okay. Um, Dropping Blaney. Dropping 
Byron, because oh man, what a year he's had too. By the way, weird year. Uh, I guess you got to throw in Elliot. You got to give him the respect. He dominated the regular season, most wins. So we'll throw Elliot in there. I, I'm still going to ride with the 11 team. I still think they are dangerous. I still think the fact that they can, they have had speed this year. They they're going to shoot themselves on pit road a couple times, but they can overcome that and win a race. I just think they're going to be tough out. So I think just because. I'm relatively in the ballpark. I'm not going to change my picks from my original Final Four because then I don't look like as much of a flip-flopper if I change it midstream and I can say, oh, I had this all year. It's okay. I can uh, teach you how to do that. It's really easy. Yeah, you, you will teach me how to do that. Um, I think, you know, Larson, sure, sure. Final Four. Absolutely. Elliot, sure. Logano ends up finishing second in regular season points. And he's got that team has gotten better, and they're consistently starting to run up front on a regular basis on a variety of tracks. A lot to like about that team. Kyle Busch now, of course, you're like, oh boy. well, that's, 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 <laughs> you know, that seems like a stretch at the moment for the final four, but if there's anybody that can sort of sure. get on a roll and maybe he settles his contract situation sooner than later or something, um, no better leverage to have when you're running for a new contract than to go out. He's going to be motivated. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. When yeah, I go win yeah. races and championship, <laughs> that'll get you what you want. Now I picked him also as my champion. I don't feel super good Oof. about that. You picked Logano as your champion. Um, I don't feel bad about that, and I'll tell you okay. why. One, like I said, he's he's run better, and where has that team been pretty good this year? Short ovals, right? He's got to win. Phoenix it. Is, sets up very well for uh -huh. him. Uh huh. I'll take. I'll I'll feel good about that Logano pick. I might as well just ride with Kyle Busch because why not? Don't I mean, do, don't do that. Well, what what am I going to do? I'm just going to throw out like, oh, Chase Elliott. Well, that's a trendy, dumb pick. I mean, it's a smart pick. I mean, but it's like, oh, wow, you you picked the regular season champion who won by. I mean, sometimes the the smart pick is the right pick, Josh. You know what? Everybody's going to pick Chase Elliott. <laughs> I'll let that. I'll let Ride them have Kyle that. Bush. I'll just stick with Kyle Busch, just because. Look, the guy could get red hot. I mean, he's he's not running. <laughs> he's he's going to take his championship trophy to a new team, and that would be. Like he leaves Joe Gibbs Racing, like waving goodbye out the door with his trophy <laughs> and something out the door, <laughs> waving something out the door. Yeah, yeah. waving a, a gesture out the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. So I guess we're we're just gonna try to be consistent, relatively consistent yeah. with our our picks there. Um, what else? What else going into the playoffs? Do you want to talk about? I mean, we've you know the first round is is interesting. It's uh, a little bit different dynamic. Who's your four? Who's your four eliminations in round one? Hmm. Well, sorry, Austin Dillon, but yeah, I like both Austins actually. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very fair. It's not a good um, round for Austins. I don't think it's a good round for A's. I'll throw Alex Bowman in there too. Oh, that's another good one. I mean, that's going to be hard to see Bowman getting out of that. And honestly, I mean, I might. I might throw a Suarez in there. It's tempting to honestly say Chastain because you think people are going to get revenge on him. He's not finishing races, by the way. Like, they have speed, but they're not finishing races. And not you, lately. No. But, you know, Suarez doesn't – Suarez is running – he's good. He has speed, yeah. but there, he doesn't have the same speed Chastain does regularly, yeah. it seems like. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I would kind of almost – we'll probably do a, a full predictions post round by round on The Athletic yeah. coming up this week, but – just off the top of my head, I, I I would I agree. I would say Austin Dillon out, Austin Cindric out, Alex Bowman out, um, and I would go Suarez. What, what was your fourth? Sorry. Uh that's a good question. Uh three A's, so Austin, Austin, Alex. I'm gonna go Chase Briscoe. I just I that team to me is just going the wrong direction and I keep waiting for them to turn the corner and they've had their moments, but they finishing races is hard. It's a first time in the playoffs. 
I think he's out. I will say Chase Briscoe, um, he knows how to get around Darlington. Sure. Um, Bristol is Bristol good night at, race, yeah. right? He's just fi- again finishing races though. Like I mean, not making mistakes. Yeah. That team is he and the team, mostly him. Honestly, there's a lot of overdriving by him this year. A lot of mistakes that you just and it's not getting better. It's just continuing to happen again and again. Well, listen. The truth is, we can sit here and predict the first round all we want, but how it's really going to unfold <laughs> is because people are so relatively close on playoff points. It's just going to come down to so and so got caught up in a wreck. You know, X big name got caught up in a wreck. X big name blew an engine or blew a tire. It's pit road. It's it's. We've had so many issues on pit road this year where guys, whether it's Hamlin's team, Bell's team, you know, Larson's team, where it's just mistakes, slow pit stops, and that in, in a playoff where everybody's kind of lumped together. Good luck overcoming that. I mean, if you get three top fifteen finishes, does that put you through? Is that enough to put you through this year? Because you you would think that other guys will have. I think so. You know, somebody is going to have a problem it and finish. It feels like a somebody. playoff where somebody does, especially earlier on. It feels like a playoff where you don't go out and maybe win it per se. You take advantage of other people's mistakes. Yeah, yeah. You could easily take yourself out. Yeah. In the first round, just I mean, don't just keep your wheels on your car. Don't screw up on pit road. Don't make mistakes. Worry about that in the final eight. It, that's a something. whole different ballgame. I mean, yeah. Then then it's time to really elevate and go for it. But play it. Safe, just play conservative. Smart. Just and, get to round two. Survive yeah. in advance, baby. Yeah, I really think that's that's the play. However, these guys don't seem to possess no, that mentality, so uh, I don't think that will happen. No. But, um, yeah, uh, you want to talk about Xfinity at all? The absolute madness of finishing the wild. race past that race 1 a.m. and finished? Jeremy Clements and wow, crazy, crazy. Good I mean, for him. It was a great story. It's great to see. Yeah. It's fun to see those stories happen because it, you you kind of appreciate like the journey and the challenge and how hard this is and that not everybody you know with the big teams and these mom and pop teams these family owned teams are you know they get their moment in the sun and it's fleeting but it's cool to see that and we had one last year with Brandon Brown we got this year with Jeremy and he's done it you know second time now for him and it's, just, it's a nice reminder. I mean Jeremy Clemens is in the playoffs now so yes it's crazy. Um, and talk about Xfinity playoff bubble. I mean, for a while it was like Landon Castle and Ryan Sieg had a huge, like 50 something point cushion. And it was like, well, there's, you know, probably not going to be a new winner in Xfinity. I mean, there's, there's only so many potentially winning cars in Xfinity yeah. series, you know? Um, now all of a sudden it's like Landon uh, is on the bubble. I think he's only 12 points up on Sieg and their battle is going to come down to those too, you know, didn't Landon have a DQ at New Hampshire this year or something like that? Wasn't it? Uh, maybe I, I yeah. have a terrible memory, as you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it, it that's not how you want that. Everyone thought this year for Landon was going to go. It's like he finally gets his opportunity, colleague racing, can go win some races and prove himself. And he's winless and on the playoff bubble. It's it's been, yeah, but I mean, colleagues' cars haven't been working for AJ Elmendinger. Well. Not really on ovals too much. He's done. He's done well enough. He's leading the series point standings. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to. Just, uh, Landon. I mean, I, I, mean, I think colleagues, it's fair. not colleagues. No, not I'm the not. Same. Yeah, colleagues not the same. But I mean, I think it's fair to say like there's been a lot of there's been some underperformance there. Like you, you I mean, you, Daniel Hemrick's not doing anything. No, and that's a whole different conversation. Well, he's the series champion. Yeah, and he's under. He is dramatically underwhelmed. Well, what but, I'm saying is their cars are not up to like, I, I, JRM. I, I agree with that, but I also look at it like their drivers make mistakes a lot. That's fair. I'm sure that's fair. 
Um, any so okay. Uh, anything else on NASCAR wise that you want to uh, that you want to talk about? Nothing um, comes to mind. Good. Lots of good stuff on the athletic this week, so make sure you check it out. Well, then uh, after an hour, it's time to move on to Formula Un. <laughs> uh, Formula One returns for the first time in uh, a month after their four-week break, and um, Max Verstappen goes out and absolutely immediately pops the balloon of any sort of like, oh, F1's back. I wonder if things are going to change. No. I wonder if the new porpoising rules are going to have an effect. I wonder if Mercedes can has made gains and Ferrari and, and uh, Red Bull are going to fall back. <laughs> I wonder if there's going to be like, you know, maybe Leclerc can get back in. He even said in his press conference, I'm not giving up on the championship yet. And then Verstappen goes out, takes a penalty, starts P14, and by lap 12... He's leading. Um, now, part of that was because Sainz had pitted, so he would have been second. But either way, he's leading, and he goes on to win by, what, 18 seconds, 19 yeah. seconds? I mean, one of the most unwatchable F1 races of the season. Everybody was all excited. Oh, there's going to be a lot of overtaking today. We're going to see, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Verstappen just absolutely annihilates everybody. Um, I think it was Nate Saunders from ESPN tweeted something like, "If you if you tell me that, Max Verstappen will never lose another F1 race again. I'd almost believe you at this point. I mean, <laughs> it, it's just, I mean, Ferrari again, just Leclerc demoralized. Uh, what a mess. It's just uh, this, this F1 season is going to absolutely turn into a, a route. It already is. So I've been saying for weeks. weeks. You have. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's over. I mean, it's, it's over. And it's, you've been saying that long before I acknowledge. Yeah. Acknowledge it's just, that. I don't know. I mean, he's just on another level right now and it's almost, he does feel unbeatable. Like it, something has to happen. Like a mechanical failure. He's got to make a mistake on the, everything straight up. He's going to beat you. And he's got the best car. He's got the best team. He's got, he's the best driver. He's unflappable. Like, where's this in Mercedes, by the way, like this was supposed to be like, like, Oh yeah. Okay. They had some good momentum going to the break, come out of it. Where were they? Like, I mean, you know, Russell. They like legit thought they made gains. Yeah, and they, they looked mean, like they'd made gains. I mean, the performance-wise, they were running very well. I mean, Lewis Hamlin looked like okay. Lewis is back, or not say back, but like close to being back. And I mean, they, they were coming off a pole, and then they go to Spa, and they're one point eight seconds off the pole, like yeah. not even in the ballpark. I and mean, I think they were like six tenths off the Alpine cars. Like, yeah. I mean, kudos to George Russell for making it work. I mean, it's too bad Lewis. Couldn't do it, but, you know, good for George. <laughs> I knew you were going to get that in there. <laughs> Lewis, I mean, look, that's a guy that um, I would say doesn't – I mean, that was a bad move. That that was a – he, he – uh, I only saw a little bit of the race. I mean, oh, full okay. disclosure, because I was in the garage and, and everything and today. and But the, I did see that, and, like, Alonzo was on the rumble strip. Like, there was, like, he couldn't Alonzo could not have given him any more space. Yeah, huh? And and then of course Alonzo, the big controversial <laughs> moment says, you know this guy only knows how to um, drive and and race from first place. And uh, Lewis basically said, well, good to know how he feels about me. Now that's out in the open. So that's a great dig. Spicy, it's good. spicy uh, from Alonzo. Alonzo's like in uh, not giving any crap mode Love about it. anything right yeah, now. No, he takes that like fork and kind of pokes uh, Hamilton a little bit. And I mean, just you know jumping ship without telling his 
his team <laughs> it's basically. And, and then he then he tweets though, like his owner was like, Oh, he's in the some island or something, I can't get a hold yeah, of him. I can't get a hold of and him. And then he like then he like puts on Instagram I'm like and I forgot where he was, but it's like, No, I'm not I'm not on an island. Yeah. I'm just right. not taking your call. Yeah, right, right. Um yeah, F one silly season, by the way, is getting interesting. There was a all threes. IndyCar, F one and NASCAR silly seasons are just nuts. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, be interesting to see. I mean, there was a report. I think it was Adam Cooper wrote uh, yesterday that Colton Herta could potentially go to AlphaTauri, which that wasn't something that was on our radar. But McLaren's under uh, heat with this Oscar Piastri thing, trying to take him from Alpine. Alpine, you know, apparently it's it's a little bit different than here in America where you settle driver contracts, uh, you know, in the court system. This is this goes like the FIA court or whatever. They settle the contract disputes, and so they're going to hear that between McLaren and uh, Alpine to, to decide where Piastri goes. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe to soften the blow a little bit, they're saying in this report that um, McLaren could release uh, Colton Herta from the F1 part of his deal, uh, and then that would move Pierre Gasly over uh, to Alpine to replace Alonso maybe. So uh, lots of moving parts going yeah. on. Mick Schumacher, you don't know where he's going to go. If he's, it sounds like he might be on his way out at Haas. Yeah, uh, I heard his name there? at was it Alfa Romeo? I, I heard of. I heard. Well, his it depends what happens with Joe. Yeah, but Joe's had a pretty strong. I mean, he's he's been. Yeah, I heard Schumacher's name mentioned. I, I, don't, I don't pretend to like I'm on top of all of this. So I, I feel bad, but I've heard his name mentioned somewhere. But it, it's gonna be interesting. I, I I'm kind of underwhelmed by Schumacher a little bit. I thought he was gonna have. Well, he, I think Haas is too. Yeah, yeah. There's that. I mean, but they're not exactly lighting the world on fire either. I mean, it's but Magnuson. Since I mean, it's one thing when Schumacher's over there and you know he's kicking Mazepin's butt or whatever, sure. or like out outperforming Mazepin every year, every week. But you know, Magnuson comes over there and and generally is. But he has had more pace. Magnuson hasn't done like the, I mean he had the initial race, but really he hasn't done much since. Yeah, but he's still having better results than Schumacher for the sure. most part. No, I mean, so. I, I think in general they both have underwhelmed. Yeah, obviously we know now that Ricardo is out, yep, um, so he's going to need a new home too. Where does he go? Does he go back to Alpine? Although when that was Renault, um, he maybe burned some bridges there, I don't know, by leaving. So How about Norris? How about uh, Lando's comments? about Lando says, man. I don't feel any sympathy for a, a, a guy not performing and a, a teammate Damn. not performing like that. Um Cutthroat, hard-edged. Yeah. I mean, I mean like, he he's basically saying, I know it's going to draw some heat, but... He's not wrong. I mean... He's not wrong. Okay, he's not wrong, but you could also say, you know what, um, I'm just so disappointed for him. I, I really like the guy so much, and I know he, he put in so much work and has tried so hard, and I just feel for him not being able to do it. I know he can do it in the right circumstances. This just wasn't right for him, and I really care about the guy. And I, I hate to see him struggle like this because he, he's a really good person. But instead, it's like, no, I don't feel any sympathy for him. You don't perform for me the one, you're gone. And he couldn't adapt to the car. Sorry. Yeah. No sympathy. I mean, Vettel had way more sympathy, expressed way, way more sympathy for Ricardo <laughs> than his own Lando, his own teammate did. So, Yeah, it's a dicey situation because one day you could be in his shoes and the next, you know, and that could be you and you have a bad year and you get bounced. But Formula One is cutthroat, man. Like, it really it's, is. It's, they don't. It ain't. It is a. What have you done for me lately? Business. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, there was a. I mean, I wish there was more to talk about from that race, but I just was like, man, this was a uh, forgettable event, and I just don't. They race again next week, but uh, I, I just don't see it. It's just going to be more of the same at this point. 
I, I, Max just is at another level right now. Honestly. The only way he's not going to win is if he beats himself. Yeah, and there's no catching them. No. Even if he has one bad race or two or three or four bad races. I mean, Leclerc, um, I mean, what was he, fifth? Yeah, fifth, today? and he didn't, have the, he didn't have the same pace, nearly the same pace as Verstappen. I mean, even even without the little, the tear off getting stuck in it, and the, you know they put the wrong tires on and uh, qualifying. qualifying. I mean, he's like, oh no, no big deal. I mean, that team's a mess. How about did you? Oh, I think you were out in the garage, but um, did you hear any of the radio chatter? No, I mean, I saw a couple things on Twitter, but I don't know enough about it. Yeah, so it seemed like Ferrari was taking like a new approach, maybe um, <laughs> with Leclerc today, instead of just saying what they wanted him to do they would lay out some like options and like go through their whole strategy. Oh. And then they would say, he, he would say, we could either do this for hard or we could do one stop. And then the guy would, every time he would say, he would finish with question. That, that was how he would fit. He wouldn't say, he wouldn't start by saying question or whatever. He would oh. say, Shaw, we can do this, 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 this. Question? Like, oh. <laughs> it's, like, it's so weird. Why are you overcomplicating this? It is your I think job. they're afraid to make calls now because they're gun shot. You're probably yeah. right. Like, but that is like, he's got enough on his plate. Like, they're like, hey, let's just let him make all the let, calls let, so he won't be mad at us. It can't be any worse, probably. I mean, they can't screw up any more than we already have. But like, I mean, that is your job. That is your one thing you have to do, and you can't even figure that out. You're just going to rely on your driver who's got enough on his plate in the race. I, I, figure it out. Just figure it out. Hire some smart person from some very high prestigious university and and have them be your your strategist it can't be that hard yeah well it is jordan it is no i can't so. would be great if one of us could be a strategist for formula one for a day and just see what it's well, like you should as much as you've downed uh you know jumped on ferrari you should be the one to see if you could put your Couldn't money do any worse is. that's for sure okay well everybody unfortunately i didn't get to sample jordan's vaunted eggs um, you know thanks to the rain out uh, did not cook for me, so I've still never sampled any of Jordan's food. Someday I will be able to do so potentially and give a, a nice food review here, but um, that wasn't the case. So stay tuned for that at some point. But uh, playoffs coming up. It's going to be exciting. Uh, let us know, you know, what you think about all our all our takes today. Uh, Twitter reaction is going to be very interesting um, after this, uh, and I think it would have been. I tell you what, would have been really interesting is if Blaney missed after um, after the rain, after the, mm -hmm. the big crash. And because we, well, one thing we didn't talk about, um, you know, Harvick was claiming that uh, he was ahead <laughs> of Dylan yeah. because, you know, he, he tried to split the gap. And uh, NASCAR said, no, you were in the wreck. You didn't maintain your speed. But there's nothing in the rule book that says, you know, <laughs> that you're in, quote, in the wreck, so that's why you get... You don't you lose your position now harvick would not have been able yeah, to that, restart that is the one thing i'm glad this race re did get restarted right. because that is a debate that you we just let's just not he was home and his his entire team was gone the plane was already gone by the time they restarted this race yeah his car was not in raceable condition but if they had not been able to restart it and uh you know P blaney fans would have said okay you put austin Dillon as the winner you didn't put harvick as the winner that knocked blaney out because if they had put Harvick as the winner, that would have been a repeat. Blaney in. Uh, both Truex and Blaney would have made it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, didn't happen. Was Roger Penske making phone calls during the uh, rain delay to NASCAR? Be like, hey, just like they call me the captain for a reason. 
here's the thing. Okay, at first, like you would think that's far fetched. No, I'm not. I don't think it's that far fetched actually. But here's the other thing about this. Okay, <laughs> and this is okay. Maybe this is because I know I totally would if I was a car owner. Maybe this is way too conspiracy ish. But Roger Penske, IndyCar, okay, NBC deal. A lot of, I mean, he's tied in with NBC. Okay. Now, wouldn't it be reasonable if you made a call to NBC and say, hey, you guys don't need to cut this broadcast window. Uh -huh. This needs to be played out. Okay, NBC? Like, hey, we, we want to see this race concluded. Like, let's, on let's, cable, there's no need to rush. Yes. It's on CNBC. No one's going to watch your infomercials anyway. Just keep it here. Right, because you know that TV has a big say in, in you know, the, the TV partners could say, ah, oh, look, look we're, we're done broadcasting this today. Sorry, NASCAR, you got to call it. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll probably never know. But There's a lot of ways that Roger could have leaned on yeah. a lot of well, ways. Well, anyway, the race finished. Yes. Fans won. Yeah. And uh, Penske's How would you vote for this well. race in the poll? I would, it would be I, 70%. I mean, I'm not going to guess because then people accuse me of wanting it a certain way. But, I mean, obviously, I would say it was a good race. Yeah, it was very competitive. It just was. It was marred by an unfortunate circumstance for a while. Circumstance is, I'd say, with the rain, too. I mean, just delays, rain, postponements. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I would think that I think the large majority of people would say it was a good race overall. Maybe some people will be unhappy about how it unfolded but I, I wouldn't dare to guess a percentage so okay sorry all right i'll claim the win again <laughs> I'm, I'm done with i'm done with that anyway uh listen we really do appreciate everybody as always for listening and uh we'll be back um you know Next very week. very very late sunday night with another episode of the teardown because right. darlington labor day weekend is gonna be a sunday night race uh often the 500 mile Darlington race now this year it won't be because Coke 600 was super long, but there's been many years where the, uh, 500 miles at Darlington takes longer than 600 miles at Charlotte at times. It's like Charlotte's mm -hmm. boring and green. It's going to be uh, probably over four hour race already starting at night. Um, should have moved the start time up for that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Tune in next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on The Teardown.